Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to this week's podcast episode. One of our partner organizations at the Ridge is the nonprofit CareNet. CareNet is a crisis pregnancy center in Milwaukee, and their executive director, Rachel, joined me this week for a conversation about CareNet, the importance of compassion in challenging conversations, and how her perspective has changed during her time with CareNet. So this is my conversation with Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, would you mind sharing just a little bit about CareNet and what you do there? Yes, CareNet is a crisis pregnancy center. We opened our doors in 1985, and we were originally located on the east side of Milwaukee. Um, we had recently moved into the northwest side of Milwaukee, and um, my involvement with the organization began about 10 years ago. Um, I was a volunteer board member, and I did that for about four years, and then I transitioned into the executive director role around six years ago. Wow, that's a, I mean, if you spend... If you spend ten years with a with any nonprofit, it definitely means that your your heart is there and there's a big passion for that. So, um, yeah, what what types of services do you do you offer at CareNet? Well, CareNet offers a lot of different services to women. Um, typically, um, we meet women at the point when they're finding out they're pregnant. So we offer free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds. Um, we provide options counseling for women who are making decisions about their pregnancy. Uh, So about 40% of the women that come to us are undecided if they're going to continue the pregnancy or not. And so we provide what we consider life-affirming options counseling to those women. And then we provide a lot of material and practical support to moms. So it can be a gift bag when they're 28 weeks along to get them ready for that baby, Um, material supplies every 30 days that they can come in for, like diapers and baby wipes and clothes and other baby items. And then we offer um, pregnancy and parenting related classes to help them prepare during the pregnancy and help them to be good parents. Um, And then we also offer Bible studies and prayer support to them. And then um, finally, we offer uh, post-abortion counseling to moms who have an abortion in their past that they're struggling to um, to move on from or to forgive themselves for. It's very clear to me that you are seeing the person and the individual and meeting the needs that they really have versus um, anything else, right? There's no, it's not a question of, of past, not a question of decisions, not a question of that. It's how do we care for this individual? Um, yeah, is there, is there one particular service that um, has connected the most with you? You know, there's actually, I would... It's hard to pick just one. I feel um, there's there's different things that I love about each service. Um, for example, like the ultrasounds, that is really a practical help for a lot of women because they don't have insurance. They don't know how far along they are. They don't know um, what they can what they're going to do about this pregnancy. And having that free service, oftentimes same day, really gives that mom practical information and also just a window into her womb in terms of what's going on and where am I in this pregnancy? 
Um, and so that I feel like is a, a vital part of our ministry, um, but something that I'm really excited about that's just started um, actually right during COVID are the, the classes that we're offering. And that I feel like really looks like what you were saying at the whole person. And it's not just about a decision, but it's about supporting a mom um, in that decision. And so if we have a mom who's not sure what she wants to do and she says, you know what, I'm going to have this baby. We want to come alongside her and say, great, please come. And we want to support you and we want to help you. We want to encourage you. Um, this isn't, um, you know, like we just say, oh, great. We'll see you, you know, in two years. We want to be there for her along the way um, and empower her to be a good mom, empower her to be the woman that God created her to be. And so that, that service I think is, is really important um, to the overall ministry. Um, and along those lines too, I guess the last one that I'll mention or highlight is the post-abortion counseling. Um, the study that we use is called Surrendering the Secret. And it really is meant to help women who have experienced trauma from a past abortion. And so many women keep that a secret. And even women in the church, especially women in the church um, who are Christians and have made that decision in their past, um, they struggle with telling someone about it. And they struggle with processing it, forgiving themselves, understanding that God forgives them for that um, through Jesus. And so the study is very um, interactive. And it can be very emotional, but it's just something that that we've seen really, truly impact women, both in forgiving themselves, but also in connecting them with Jesus, because you really can't get through that study without clearly understanding the gospel and having that relationship rebuilt with, with Jesus. Yeah, I imagine that whether it's a crisis pregnancy or it's, it's um, post-abortion counseling, and this is hard. It's, a, it's hard for me to talk about. I'll, I'll admit, because I am, as, as, as a man, I have a lot of like acknowledgement that I can easily lack the, I just lack a certain perspective. Um, and so there's so much potential for, uh, for judgment and shame and all these different emotions and just experiences that these women can be going through. How do you lead with compassion and connect and even have those conversations about something that's so sensitive and so close to the heart? I think you hit it on the, the nail on the head with that word compassion. Um, we really have to just be step into that compassion um, every time we meet with women. If we have any hint of judgment in our hearts, that comes across. You don't, you can't hide that. And so we always have to check ourselves that we don't stand in any sort of judgment of anybody. Um, I think just continually praying for the Holy Spirit to guide in the meetings, to humble ourselves and let the Holy Spirit work. Um, and, you know, even though you, like you say, you have a different perspective as a man, we all have different perspectives. We all have different experiences. And what I might have gone through in my life is not necessarily the same as what the woman sitting across from me has gone through. And so that compassion is key because it's not about saying, oh, I understand I, that, that happened to me too. That's not the kind of counseling and, and advocacy that we do. We don't try to convince the woman that we know exactly how she's feeling. Instead, we want to just convince her and, and show her that we care and that we're listening to her um, and that we want to understand. We want to step in with her um, and walk with her. And I think um, 
the word compassion as I've been actually studying that recently. So it's fun that we get to talk about it. Um, and it means it's from the Latin word to suffer with someone or to be there with them. And, and God describes himself in the Bible as a compassionate God. And that makes perfect sense because he sent Jesus to suffer in our place. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to suffer alongside our clients. We're going to walk beside them. We're going to listen to them. We're going to let them cry. And we're going to realize we might not be able to solve all their problems, but we can definitely care for them and care about them in a very genuine and authentic way. Um, one other thing I just want to mention, which I thought was so neat, um, is that the Hebrew word for compassion comes from the root word, which literally means womb. And so there is this direct relationship between yeah. the mom and her baby and the word compassion. And I thought that was really cool. That is really interesting. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, how do you, how do you train your team to lead and demonstrate that compassion or even having what I imagine are very difficult, very challenging conversations? Well, from a practical standpoint, we have a, a good training regimen. So I have a client services director with a social work background, and she goes through months of training with anybody that is meeting with clients. Um, we do have volunteers meet with clients um, in some cases. Um, typically, it's staff, but we, we do have opportunities for volunteers. But um, the, the training is very in-depth, um, and a lot of it is about how to ask good questions, how to be a good listener, um, how to live with silence in the room, um, you know, how to be okay with somebody who's processing something and maybe even having some tears and not feel like you have to rush in and fill the void, um, letting the Holy Spirit do that. Um, so there is just a very practical training um, that we go through a lot of shadowing where someone will, will join a visit and observe, and then you discuss it and all of that. Um, but then Actually, before all of that, really, it comes down to just being the right the right person. Um, there's so many people that that love the Lord and love our clients, but just maybe not be the right person for that one on one counseling room discussion. Um, we all have different gifts and abilities, so we're just finding that right person with the right heart at the right time in their life, um, and recognizing that again, it's not about us. It's not about I need to share my story and. I went through the same thing and those kinds, that's not what we do. We really, it's about the client. It's not about us. I love that focus. I, I'm just curious. Could you expand on the, the silence thing? I'm like, I'm a person, if you haven't noticed, I, I do love to talk. <laughs> I do love to ask questions. <laughs> and so um, I think being comfortable with silence is definitely something that I'm growing more and more with. How do you train someone to do that? Like, what are they looking for certain things to like be there is, uh, how do you know when to talk versus when to just stay silent? So that's a great question. A lot of it has to do with listening to the Holy Spirit's prompts. Um, and, and how do you do that? You know, how do you, it's just being prayerful in the moment um, before going into the meeting, even just saying, Lord, can you guide this conversation? Help me to know when to talk, help me to know when to listen. Um, and when we're in that moment of this often happens with that pregnancy test. If someone walks in off the street and says, I need a pregnancy test. I saw this, your sign. So they're not really, they don't know if they're pregnant. They weren't expecting to find this news out today. That's when it's kind of most overwhelming. And so if you're mm. in that moment with that client, um, it's okay just to say, wow, it looks like it's a positive test. 
let them digest that and give them some time. And how do you feel about that? And then just let the, let it sit for a little bit and see how they feel. And, um, and just asking kind of really open-ended questions um, and even just commenting on what they're feeling. Um, so if you ask that open-ended question, how do you feel about that? And they, they share, then you kind of reflect back what they're, what they said. So it, it sounds like you're pretty anxious about that. Is, is that accurate? Yeah, I'm pretty anxious. Okay. Tell me more about that. Mm. And you just kind of wait and let them process and maybe they'll, they'll share more and even just kind of some comments that aren't questions, but that prompt the conversation of things like, wow, that sounds like that would be really hard. Mm. You know, if somebody says, I can't tell my mom, uh, you know, I want to say, well, you have to tell your mom, you know, like I want to, I want to just, come on, you got to yeah. tell her. You know, instead I would say, yeah, that, that would be hard. Mm. Tell me more about why, why you don't want to tell your mom and then just wait and don't jump in and say, yeah, I would, I, I would want to tell my mom, or sometimes we have clients that da, da, da. just wait. And it's, mm. it's not easy. Um, you have to almost sometimes hold yourself back, but then you realize um, that, women, other people sometimes are uncomfortable with silence too. And so then all of a sudden they'll start talking more because they realize there's this space for them to talk that you're waiting for them. Um, and you know what, sometimes women don't want to talk. Sometimes they don't, they don't want to share and that's okay too, but we just need to try to create the space where it's possible for them to share. Um, the other thing I'll say too, is that some of our clients, um, have a lot of people in their lives telling them what to do. Um, they might be in an abusive relationship. They might have an overbearing mom. They might have a sister who would have very strong opinions about this situation, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. And so we don't want to be another one of those voices who right. are telling someone what to do. We want to empower them to make a good decision, give them information that will help them to process and give them hope that we are here to support them and that they're not alone in this pregnancy. I imagine that is just so important. The one less person trying to give advice and just know I'm going to help empower you and resource you. And just the not being alone, I imagine is just huge. How has your perspective changed during your time with Karenette? Cause you've been there, you mentioned like 10 years. So mm -hmm. I imagine your first day versus today, your perspective on everything is has to have shifted, right? Definitely. Um, I, I realize I, I do have a lot more compassion for women now. I think it was, it's easy to sit from the outside and say, how can someone make this or that decision, whether it's about a pregnancy or not about anything. Um, when you're on the outside looking in, it's easy to not understand. Um, but then when you actually sit with that woman who is struggling in that relationship or, you know, in tears over what am I going to do? You just understand there's a lot more complexity to things than I would ever have thought before. And things aren't always black and white. And women who are making decisions that maybe I don't agree with, um, again, about any topic, it can be about a job or a relationship or about the pregnancy, that there's a lot that goes into it. And most women are not making those decisions flippantly um, or easily. And so that has, my perspective on that has changed. I just have a lot more compassion for women um, and really anybody going through a struggle, just understanding that I don't know everything. Um, the other thing I think that's changed is my personality, I guess you would say, is that I'm a doer. 
Like I want to find out what is the problem and how can I give a solution, (laughs) you know, and, and that's, and that's what we do. I care. And I mean, if somebody, you know, needs housing, we're going to try to find them housing. If they need a bed, we're going to try to find them a bed. Like we do oftentimes step into that role of a doer, but a lot of times that's not possible to solve every problem. I mean, basically every time it's not possible to solve every problem that arises in a client's life. And that's, so I had to step back and say, okay, what is our mission? Why, why, why do we exist? What do we do at CareNet that maybe a homeless shelter doesn't do, or that another ministry doesn't do? And that's where we need to invest our time and effort. Not that we can't try to help with other things, but I just had to realize that, um, our center being a Christ focused center, that that's unique, that lots of places that women go to for support and help, they don't have Jesus as their focus. And so, um, so that's what we want to kind of stand on here. And I remember um, one of my very first clients, and I don't see a lot of clients now because we've just grown so, so large that my role has, is not seeing clients, but in the beginning I did see clients. And um, I remember when my very first clients was a woman who was struggling, like financially, she had three kids and she had come to us for diapers and wipes and, and baby supplies. And so I'm like, I can do this. You know, I'm early on in my training, but I'm like, I got this. So we're meeting with the woman she's talking about um, needing a job and looking for applying for jobs and all that and got all of her supplies. And at the end of the visit, I just said, you know, we're a faith-based ministry. And one of the things that we love to do with our clients is pray with them. Um, I said, is there something that I can pray with you about? And in my mind as the doer, I thought she would say, yes, pray, I find a job, you know, and I'm like, great, I can pray for that. And we can try to give you resources for that and suggest where to go and all that. And instead she got really quiet and she says, can you pray that I would have hope? And I, using our good questions, I said, sure. I said, tell me, what do you mean by that? Tell me more about that. And she said, well, every month I get $600 from the government. She's talking about her W-2 check. She goes, I get $600 from the government. And then I get $550 to my landlord. And then I look at my three kids and I think, how am I going to provide for them this whole month on $50? And she said, there has to be more to life than this. So just pray that I would have hope and that I could figure out what that, what's more in life. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just like almost in tears. And every time I tell that story, I almost, you know, choke up because I just think my brain was going right to the practical and her heart was in the spiritual, like I need hope for tomorrow. Yeah. And so then we got to share, I got to share, you know, there is hope and you know, there is a hope for your future. And we talked about Jesus and we prayed about that. And yeah, so it's, that's just changed my perspective that prayer and the Lord and, and the hope of Jesus is worth more than I would have ever been able to explain before this job. Yeah. I mean, that just, that just goes to show there's so much more going on than just meeting needs is super important, but needs might not always be exactly as tangible as we, as we think. You mentioned lots of like lots of experiences that you've had. What might be some misconceptions that people have about um, either crisis pregnancies or your guys' work as a whole, or just that concept? I think one of the misconceptions that when that society has about pregnancy centers 
and even the even just life in general is that as Christians, we only care about the decision that a woman is making. And once she's made that decision for life, then she's on her own. And that's the right decision and the, and the good decision, but that's all we care about. And it, at CareNet in Milwaukee here, our, that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, our focus is on the woman from the time she walks in um, until she's done receiving our services. And our services can go until her kids turn three. Um, and we are very invested in her, the woman's um, well-being and in her spiritual well-being um, and in every aspect of her life that she wants us to be involved in. And so I think that's definitely a misconception. Um, yeah, in terms of our clients, I think there can be some misconceptions that, that all of our clients have the same story. Um, and I would say that's just so not true. I mean, every single client is unique. Um, and so we have clients that are single parents and um, maybe struggling. We have clients who are married. Um, we have clients in abusive relationships. We have clients from all walks in, of life in all religions. Um, so we have a lot of variety in the clients that we see. Now, there are some consistent themes um, amongst them. And one of those themes is support. And so but it's not even just financial support. It's, it's that emotional support. It's the support of, you know, is someone going to be there for me um, during this pregnancy? And so that is a consistent theme, but in terms of how that support is played out, um, I think that there's a lot more variety than people might expect. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's emblematic. I think of what happens in society right now, which is we just, it's us versus them, or there's, yeah. you know, a lot of judgment on people that you don't understand um, and that goes back to your question about my, how my perspective has changed. And it's really that each person is unique and you need to know their story before you can even step into it and try to help. Yeah. And, um, and just that, that God has created such uniqueness and, um, and it really, it, it shouldn't surprise me, but it still does when I, um, when we get to meet all these, all these really wonderful women oh, and another, okay, this is another one. So a misconception is about our clients generally. And, and what I would say is, you don't know how people see our clients from the outside, but what I see from the inside is that our clients are extremely strong women um, that are really undervalued by society and by their partners and other people in their lives. But I see women who make life decisions in such difficult circumstances that if those on the outside, maybe with some sort of judgment looking in, would understand the situations that our clients are in and the fact that they could choose life, I feel like they would be in awe of the strength of the women. And so while our clients sometimes might feel beaten down or less than, um, I actually think they are incredibly strong, resilient women. Yeah, it's so easy to to sit aside when you don't know a full story, when you don't know all the little things and all the little challenges, because that's just not part of your story. Um, to make big assumptions about how someone can make a decision, um, and that's really powerful. I wonder if could we if we could change gears here. Um, right now we're in a season at the Ridge called Live Big. Uh, we challenge people to give, serve, and love. 
um, really make an impact in our community. So I have a two-part question for you. One, how has Live Big impacted CareNet in the past? Because I know you guys are one of our partners. Um, and then two, how could someone get involved to help serve and be a part of CareNet? So first question, first part of the question, um, the Live Big funds from last year from the Ridge were used to um, pay additional hours for our sonographer. So we went from um, offering ultrasounds only part-time to offering them on a full-time basis because of Live Big. And that is huge for the ministry. Um, we were so excited to have that opportunity. Um, so we are very grateful to the Ridge and um, to the vision that your leadership has and to all of those contributing. It was, it's really a powerful um, testament to how, how outward focused the Ridge is. So it's awesome. But yeah, it's been a very great year. Um, in 2021, we've had ultrasounds basically every single day. Um, we've been able to offer that. And that's really important for our clients because our client schedules are not consistent they don't always have transportation. It's a struggle to get here. And so if they miss their ultrasound on Wednesday, if we don't offer ultrasounds again till Monday, that is a long time. Um, so to be able to offer them Monday through Friday is huge. So thank you all so much for making that possible. Um, in terms of- Real quick, yeah. real quick follow-up on that. Um, what, what type of impact does uh, being able to see an ultrasound make? It makes a huge impact on, on the moms. Um, first of all, I'll tell you this year, we are going to, already this year we've offered or, or provided over 600 ultrasounds, which is a really, wow. really large number. Um, it's all over 200, almost 200 more than we did all of last year. And so wow. having those sonography, sonographers here every day has really made a difference in terms of numbers. But to your question, in terms of impact on the individual moms, um, it really is impactful, especially for like a new mom who's never had an ultrasound before um, to see that there is a baby there, um, to see the development, to see inside. Um, it, it's very powerful. It can also be um, very important for a mom to find out how far along she is. Um, and that that can be an important piece of information for her as she's making her decision. Um, and, uh, and it's hard, especially with COVID. It was hard for our clients these last couple of years to get in to see their doctors. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. We had a, a client who was undecided if she was going to continue her pregnancy. This was right in the middle of like the lockdown, not even the lockdown, maybe like the summer after um, mm -hmm. when, when it was a little bit more open, but still a lot of restrictions at larger hospitals. And so she asked, as she's making her decision, she said, can I bring my mom? And we said, yeah, because we always allow a support person in there with them. And so she brought her mom and they did the ultrasound. She ended up continuing the pregnancy and her mom passed before her baby was born. And she came in after the baby was born and she was in tears. And she just said it was so special to her that her mom got to see that ultrasound with her because her mom never got to meet the baby, but she got to see on ultrasound um, the baby before she passed. And so just unique stories like that show how yeah. important it is to offer that service. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So second part, someone's hearing this, they want to get involved. They want to be a part of, of the amazing work that you are all doing at CareNet. How can they serve? Lots of different ways to serve here. If you have time during the week, you're always welcome to come Monday through Friday to help um, clean the center, sort our donations, 
Um, we have lots of bins of baby clothes that need to be gone through all the time. Um, so we have lots of opportunities here during the week. Um, if you have a small group and you want to serve, you know, on a weekend or something, we can set that up. They just have to reach out to me. Um, and then there are ways to do things at home. If you have a small group that you want to do a collection or gift bags or different, there's different collection type things that you can do as a small group as well. Um, and then there's ways to be trained to work with clients too. After you've kind of invested some time um, in volunteering in other ways and we get to know you, then we know if, if that's a good fit or not. Awesome. Well, and we can, and we'll, uh, in the show notes, we'll link to, to CareNet Milwaukee and, um, yeah. And if they have any questions, can they reach out to, is it to you? Is we have, do you have a director of volunteers or? Yeah, there, it would be Sarah, but um, if they just reach out through me, I can pass that on because we don't have all separate emails listed on the websites, but um, sure. yeah. So they can just email the, the, through the website would be fine. Perfect. Awesome. Well, we'll link there, that there. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for, for coming to the podcast, for sharing so much about what Karen is doing. You guys are doing amazing work and thank you. Good. Thank you for having me. Well, that was my conversation with Rachel. I loved her wisdom on the importance of allowing silence in a conversation to give someone the freedom to truly share. If you want to find out more information about CareNet, get involved, or about Live Big, check out the show notes for links. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe or follow this podcast so that you don't miss any hopeful or helpful conversations.